Yevamos, Perik Ches Mishnah Hay, 8.5. The Mishnah continues with its treatment of the Sris, the infertile man. And here the Mishnah says, Hasris locholetz v'lo miyabem. The Sris, this is a Sris Chama, meaning a congenitally infertile man. And we're going like Rabbi Akivi here, who holds that a person who was born that way is exempt from both Yibam and Chalitza. And therefore the Mishnah says, locholetz v'lo miyabem. We pass like Rabbi Akiva in the Stam Mishnah here that the Sris is exempt altogether from both Chalitza and Yibum. V'chein Ailonis lochalatzis lo misyabemis. Similarly, the woman who never reaches sexual maturity can't bear children. She also has some kind of genetic and or hormonal problem. She's also exempt from both participating in Chalitza or Yibum, meaning, for argument's sake, if her husband died childless, so then she would be, if she's the only wife, there's no mitzvah at all for her. And if there are um, other co-wives, she's not included in the pool. She is totally exempt anyways. And Prunilah Shuk, she can marry whoever she wants, subject to the rules that apply to Ilonios. Hasris, now if you have a sris, again a sris chama, who's totally exempt from Yibam and Chalitza, and nevertheless he performs Chalitza with his sister-in-law, so then Lopsala, he does not render her unfit. Meaning, since the Sris is totally and utterly exempt in the Sris Chama, congenitally infertile man with his genetic or hormonal problems, since he's totally not included in the category of those for whom Yibam and Chalitza is relevant, if he performs Chalitza with the woman, it's just a charade. There's no legal significance whatsoever. He might as well do Chalitza with his armchair. And that being the case, um, Lopsala, she is not considered to be a chalutza because she didn't participate in the chalitza. This chalitza is not for real. And therefore, she is not disqualified from marrying a Kohen. Because as you recall, the chalutza is treated like the Gurusha, um, rabbinically, and may not marry a Kohen. Similarly, Baala, if the Sris sleeps with his sister-in-law, that's illegal. Because the general prohibition of Eishas Ach, your, the prohibition of having a union with your brother's wife, even after his death, I'm still around. It is, of course, um, overridden by the mitzvah of Yibum, but there's no mitzvah of Yibum, therefore it's in effect. So if he would sleep with her, then Psala, he does render her unfit um, to marry Cohen um, and also to eat Truma. Because their union is just a promiscuous one, it's forbidden from the Torah. And as we've learned already before, if a woman participates in a union that is forbidden by the Torah, she becomes psula from marrying a Kohen as a zona and from eating truma. If you have an Ailonis, excuse me, one woman who is an Ailonis and who performs chalitza with one or more of her brothers, so she doesn't become um, rendered unfit to marry Cohen. Read Truma, because anyways, it's charade. She has no business doing Khalid in the first place, so it's a nothing event. And Ba'alua, if one or more of her brothers-in-law sleep with her, then Psalua, then she's rendered unfit. Because sleeping with an Ailanus, who is your a brother-in-law who sleeps with an Ailanus, his sister-in-law, um, that's forbidden by the Torah. Same as the previous case, and therefore it's a be'ila sinus. She gets categorized as a zona, and therefore she can't marry a Cohen, and she becomes psula from eating truma forever.